Hey, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. We're back, baby, back with another juicy episode, one that is sure to make you feel that special type of way. This also might be the first time we recorded an episode on holiday. So happy Valentine's Day to all you lovebirds out there. I'm pleased to welcome Brett Jones to the show. You might remember him as the lead guitarist of the Michigan-based pop punk band Fireworks. Not only were they strongly pigeonholed as a pop punk band for many years, but they successfully branched out into many different genres and territories that most bands in the scene still can't quite accomplish. This is one of my favorite bands from growing up as well. So this was a very special episode for me. If you like what you hear on this one, be sure to go check out the episode I did with Fireworks bassist Kyle O'Neill. Also be on the lookout for Brett's new music project, Super Gloom, which will be dropping straight banger tunes in the next couple of weeks. Without further ado, grab your arrows, head to the bonfire by the Legion Hall, and let's talk fireworks, baby. What's up, dude? How you doing? You know, not very well, but I'm having a good time. Oh, what happened? Who hurt you? No, nah, I'm just joking. I'm good. How you doing, <laughs> Thanks for coming here. This is awesome. Yeah, man. So since the band has been on vacation the last seven years and even pre-hiatus, you've been living your life out here in LA. How have you been enjoying living here? Yeah, it's good, man. I've been, my me and my wife started dating almost 13 years ago, and then she moved out here like six months later. So I was oh, wow. out here basically since then, but I count moving here from like when we got our apartment, which mm. is almost what, 12 years ago. Shit. Wow. So it's, I, you know, it's home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you have any like weird or funny haircutting stories? Yeah, but I can't just pull them out of my ass, man. <laughs> like, has, has anybody ever been like a dick to you? Oh, yeah. Just, we, like... just weird shit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of times it's like moms like yeah. running their hands through the kid's hair while you're like at scissors and it's just like stupid shit like that. Oh, man. But... Nobody's ever been like, damn, you butchered my fucking hair. There's been, it's more like a miscommunication. Like, I'm pretty yeah. confident in my work. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's like the people who don't they kind of come off as like not giving a fuck about yeah. what's going on, but they're doing that in defense of like the fact that yeah. they really give a fuck and they're, they're like self-conscious about that. And then you like figure that out real quick. So now I'm just really, when, if I pick up on that, yeah, I'm like, okay, we're looking at picture, you know, I make sure I know what's going on. But Or if they like let you roll with it and then at the very end, they start to complain. Like once you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely get some, some freaks. That's annoying. <laughs> they weed themselves out. So your wife's a stylist too, right? Yeah, she does most. Yeah, she does women's hair. Is, is that how you got into it, or who was into it first? She, yeah, she she was into it first. Okay. Um, I've always been kind of like messing around with hair, but I've only been doing it professionally for like six years. Mm-hmm. 
And I know you uh, drove for Uber and Lyft at one point during the latter oh, part yeah. of fireworks. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Did you have any other like funny side jobs while you weren't on the road? I was constantly doing weird shit, man. Trimming weed. Really? Uh, growing mushrooms. <laughs> mailing illicit substances back and forth. Um, yeah, man. We're, uh, I was like a loader. I've done like every job. That's how. That's that's what kind of how I got into hair too. It's just so much. Yeah. It was like three months of touring, and then you got like three weeks off, and you made no money. And so you mm. got to like figure out how to like make rent. And just and hustle. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you ever done mushrooms? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that was the best yeah. reaction. Uh, <laughs> my roommate Josh just did it like a couple weeks ago. We went on this hike. And I think he did it like one time before, but it was really weird. He was just kind of like laying on a rock and we were just, we had to like wait for him for like a, a couple hours. Was it good? Yeah. I have a good time. How was it, Josh? You can come talk. Come here. It was, it was amazing. How was your experience? Um, it was awesome. I sat on a rock and for quite a while and I felt like I could have sat there for hours, but I knew that you wanted to leave. And I knew that Sterling probably didn't want to do that either. So I was like, <laughs> we should probably leave now. And then we went to Chinatown. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went to Little Tokyo. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> you ever been there? It's pretty fun. Little, Little Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. Good food. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're actually like incredibly invested into fishing as a hobby nowadays. Like what got you into that? I've always been fishing, man. Really? Growing up in Michigan, it's just you turn like 10. It's like, well, do you hunt or do you mm -hmm. fish? What's the lake there? Lake Huron? Oh, or it's all the Great Lakes. We're We're next. Well, we're next to Lake St. Clair, which is part of the Great Lakes chain, mm -hmm. uh, Detroit. So north of us is Huron, south of us is Erie. And then that's, mm -hmm. and then St. Clair River connects to Lake St. Clair, which mm -hmm. turns into Detroit River, which turns yeah. into Erie. Yeah, we have Lake Erie back in Buffalo. That's the one we got. Yeah, so you're on the east. So Erie's, we get the other end of Erie by us. Uh, okay, interesting. So Erie's only like 40 minutes from us. Mm -hmm. But we fish all the little ponds and lakes. Mm hmm so you've been putting out this new solo music recently under the name Super Gloom, or you're about to put it out. Yeah. And the EP is called Penance One. Yeah. When does that come out? Uh, the first song comes out the 23rd, and then two weeks after that, and then three weeks after that. I think that's the order. Awesome. <laughs> Kyle literally just texted me. Did he? Yeah, I'm not going to respond right now, but <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Um, so you, you said like each couple weeks, there's going to be like a new track coming out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I really like the sound of it so far. Like the synth that comes through on like American Jesus is super cool and very punchy. Thanks, man. So where'd you get like the inspiration behind all that music? Um, you know, I'm always writing music. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's just kind of recording my own stuff. I've never worked with like a real, like a, like a real something an asshole, <laughs> but like a producer yeah, who like really produced my shit. I'm kind of a control freak. So to keep it independent. Uh, yeah. But I've been, it's actually one of my because we own a boat and one of my boat partners he's a mm -hmm. producer john joseph not mm -hmm. of chromex fame <laughs> um we never worked together before that we worked together with this and uh yeah it worked out really good so he's a synth and bass mm -hmm. and then produces it records it mm -hmm. and then we just hire a drummer in and i i do everything else and he lets me be a control freak it's did, good did you have any like main influences behind like the sound of it or just kind of just a hodgepodge of everything it's you just like. Just a hodgepodge, man. I mean, cool. big, huge influence would be Dave Bazan. Mm -hmm. A lot of that. Did you ever hear of like Elvis Depressedly? Yeah, Elvis Depressedly is pretty cool. Yeah, I was actually thinking of that when I was listening to it. But you're like obviously like a lot heavier than that. That's but... cool. I've never been compared to him, but I yeah, I it's, did rules. It just made me think of that. Um, 
That's cool. You know about him? Yeah. yeah I think he recorded all of his shit on like an iPhone or something. Really? Yeah. I think that was, it's all lo-fi. Yeah. I feel like he's not even doing music anymore, but he's pretty cool. I met him once. He was cool. Yeah. He's a young guy, right? I think so. I briefly met him there yeah. out here. I was hanging out with Jeff Gazaza from Red for Cover. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were at this show. I know you played a show in Michigan recently. How did that go? It was good. Was that for this? Yeah, super glue. It ended up being a super spreader event, which is pretty cool. Super spreader from super glue. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think it was thir- the count got to like 13. Wait, people. from your show? Yeah. <laughs> just for my friends that got COVID. That's incredible. Uh, but there was like 150 people there and maybe wow. 100 that I didn't know. So I assumed the council Wow, 13 that caught COVID. And was that your show or did you open for somebody? I just opened. Okay. It was- um, That's so sweet though. The bass player of that band, the We Are, we Are The Union. Oh, really? Yeah. He, his other band called City, The City Lines. Damn throwback. <laughs> They're huge sick. now. Yeah. They're like massive now. Yeah. Um, so what or who got you into music? Oh, fuck. I've always been into music. Mm-hmm. You mean like band influence wise? Band or like a family member? Or... My family was never. I'm a freak in my family. Yeah, they're not I was musical. always just attracted to music. My, no, neither of my parents were like very no. into it. Um, it's like Green Day, you know? Was yeah. The band that was like, okay, I need to learn to play guitar and write songs. For sure. Which album would that be? Uh, Dookie. Dookie. Yeah. And then Nimrod shortly thereafter love nimrod so i'm guessing you grew up a big fan of h2o because i heard that you would actually go to their shows as a youngster and would they'd end up actually bringing you on the road with them is that true uh yeah they're good friends of mine i um that's sick i somehow got accepted into that <laughs> uh family group punk when rock like, familiar when i was like 13 they took like a liking to to me and Chris, and then uh, was yeah. that just because you guys went to a bunch of shows? Or the story goes, oh, I shouldn't tell that story. Basically, <laughs> I got called on stage because I was like singing along. Yeah. To um, I was singing along and I was twelve, and they wanted to spite some other twelve year olds. <laughs> and at Warp Tour '99 to date me, and they pulled me up because I was like singing along, and I sang like the Freddie Madball part. Uh, <laughs> Guilty bar, and then oh my uh, god, every time we come through, they would just see me and they would go, Oh, kid, and we'd like you know, <laughs> add them like cassettes of shit we recorded in our basement. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we played, I think we were like 14 when we first played with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Chris, the guitar player of Fireworks's old band, yeah, played with them, uh, at like the not the show, the St. Andrews. Oh, yeah, um, that's cool, like Mest, yeah. <laughs> like, man we're like 14 and then yeah now they're just really good friends of mine toured with them i play guitar for them uh on a few tours and then i teched for them forever that's crazy that's crazy that was like all pre-fireworks too well i was like pre and then yeah i mean the when i play guitar yeah i play guitar from it was before fireworks i was in high school still yeah wow that was my first tour that's crazy um you guys wrote we are everywhere in the basement of 2923 monroe street what's the backstory on that place it was let's see um and whose house was that it was a rental that tim the drummer justin shanzik had uh justin is like a tour manager for a lot of big djs now he's the tm mm-hmm. like new fun glory and all that stuff but mm-hmm. back in the day he's just another weirdo mm-hmm. like us and then there was like a revolving door uh room there and uh, yeah it was just like the only rental 
that anyone had. <laughs> so we, it was just the practice space for like four bands. That's crazy. From all the people that lived there. It was really tiny. Eh, no, nah, I mean, not by LA standards. No. <laughs> for, for Michigan, yeah, it was probably kind of tiny, but. Yeah, I looked it up recently to try to. I was I was making like this little hint collage for the people on Instagram, and I found it on Google Maps, and I think I sent it to you, and you yeah. you confirmed that was oh, the right that house. Was it. Yeah, <laughs> it took me back, man. I haven't thought about it in a while. That's funny. I was gonna ask, do you, do you guys ever drive by that house when you're you're in town to reminisce? Nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like fuck some, the past. Some weird memories. Well, uh, one time, <laughs> let's see. I think Tim was still living there, and we played with Wonder Years at this fucking weird little cafe thing <laughs> and they did this weird thing where they like over they did like a spirit airlines thing where they like oversold the show but there were like two rooms right like you would come in and it was like now nah, you're in the cafe yeah so this is where the show is they sold like oh wow i don't know i don't know what it was just call it 150 tickets or something yeah. but they would only let like 100 people in so it was like one in one out what? Like the, the, and so everyone got you know we all got fucking pissed and we we're like fuck yeah. this and we like got all the money back <laughs> distributed it to the kids and then took the show to that house no way so long story short wonder years play there before they were big back when we used to be bigger than them <laughs> and that was before like 2009 oh yeah that was like super early then yeah, that's a long time. way before that album came out yeah um so your first tour was the Snacksidents Happens Tour with Set Your Goals in support of that EP. Was it everything you hoped for? There was actually one before that. Was there actually? There was a few before that, I think. But that was, yeah, that was that was a big one. You know, funny, I was actually, I missed half that tour. And Justin K, the guy I was just telling you about, yeah, yeah. He, he filled in for me. I went to Australia. Oh, <laughs> damn. Um. So not sure when this was, but you once met Johnny Knoxville in New York City. This has a hilarious backstory to it. Can you share that? Uh, yeah. Uh, we were, what is that, the Rainbow Room or the Rainbow something? Rainbow Studios? Uh, okay. In New York. Wherever they film SNL. Yeah. And we were, uh, we drove there for, I think it was an H2O show. Really? I think. I don't remember. But we were in New York. It was like me, Kyle, and Chris. <laughs> and we were just kind of like poking around. Went to like the Christmas tree or whatever. And we just like walked up to what to us was like a random building. Yeah. And no, we, I think we knew it was like SNL was filmed there. We were trying to get in and nothing. Like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this woman just opened the door and like walked by us. And I just like caught the door and walked in. And wow. was kind of poking around. <laughs> and then this just group of people came. And like, it was like everyone from SNL. We were yeah. like, holy shit. And it was like the whole cast and everyone was walking. And so we just folded into the group. <laughs> like walking <laughs> like we belonged. <laughs> and then it came out of whatever door and we literally walked out with them on like the red carpet and yeah. it was like after the show like they literally were walking from filming the show to like oh so it was after moment. they clap and everything yeah. <laughs> like so out. oh my god they just magically timed out and we're just like standing there uh on the uh, they had it all roped off yeah <laughs> we were on the fucking wrong side with the <laughs> fucking cast and i forget we were just like fucking around being idiots and then um his name lauren whatever lauren michaels yeah i heard about that yeah he, he was rude he, to chris well yeah he realized who uh that we didn't belong and then screamed at us and then security kicked us out to the other side but then then giant Axwell was thought it was fucking hilarious and then like <laughs> i don't even remember all that kind of kind of would be a better teller of that story i was fucked up no, I heard you were like behind the ropes there and you told Johnny Knoxville that there was this random girl next to you, that she was your daughter and that she had cancer. And if oh, you can yeah. get like a picture with her. Yeah, that checks with out. him. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I did that. And you were like 18 at the time? Yeah, probably Pretty 18. young. Yeah. yeah, 
That's funny as hell. Did you, did you like meet any other cool people over the years, like with the band? Yeah, man, met a bunch of weird people, especially in a uh, Soundwave. Yeah, it was strange man. How many just random people you would just get on head nod basis with? You yeah, know? like, but and I heard they're super cool at Soundwave. Like they like bring your gear back to the bus and everything. Yeah, I mean it's That's stupid. Sweet. It's Soundwave is sort of like how you uh, imagine touring to be when you're like twelve. Mm-hmm. It's like the unrealistic reality that you hope touring is that's mm-hmm. what sound like well it was it's not even a thing anymore yeah they stopped doing it that's so weird yeah i think aj's in hiding oh really yeah <laughs> he owes a lot of people a lot of money. that's usually how it happens <laughs> um i know chris and kyle photobombed bill clinton once yeah what happened with i that? actually don't know i don't know the story that, i know nothing about know it that it's funny. <laughs> i saw the picture one time our uh our uh manager at the time had asked us he's like you guys want to do any like have me like write or request anyone to do like a uh, like a guest appearance on your record or which we just thought was kind of like lame and funny and so chris and kyle were like yeah like 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 last bill clinton if we'll do a sax solo (laughs) and like a week later we just said it as a joke basically saying like what the fuck are you talking about yeah he said it was like an official from bill clinton's people like it wasn't from bill clinton but it was like had like the the watermark and everything <laughs> yeah. and it was just like like we wish you well with the record but unfortunately bill clinton's gonna be busy and won't be able to perform saxophone on your upcoming record but we wish you the best i do remember actually hearing yeah. about that now i completely forgot about that aspect of it oh, the sax part's funny um <laughs> so you got to record with chad from newfound glory on your debut record all i have to offer is my own confusion I know that was sort of like a hectic process, but uh, do you have any fond memories of that recording session? The whole thing was fun, man. Yeah. yeah. I look back. On, I mean, it was it, like with anything, you always look back and imagine the way you would have done things differently. I was going yeah. to take a breakup yeah, at yeah. the time, so I was like a fucking <laughs> inconsolable mess half the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was great. He was the first producer we worked with. It's crazy. I think he was yeah. like 27, like looking back. Yeah, and he was new to it. Yeah, I think we were like his second or third. That's crazy. He had done. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. It's amazing. Slept on uh, Junior from Set Your Goals' is, uh, yeah. floor the whole time. Really? And uh, spent way too much money. And Yeah, that was all recorded out here, right? <clears throat> yeah, City yeah. of Orange. Wow, very close. So, yeah. Um, and that was, what was that, like 13 days or something crazy? Or how many days was that? Yeah, something that's so fast. It was quick. Yeah. To us, it was forever. Yeah. And I know you guys consider that more of like a collection of songs more than like an actual record at times, right? That's what I've heard you guys say. I mean, yeah. I think we just did it. It was the first time we ever did a record. So we didn't really Mm -hmm. fully understand Mm -hmm. what we were doing or what we were getting ourselves Mm -hmm. into. And it was the first time that we were like produced Mm -hmm. and not just being this like, proggy midwest pop punk band that like yeah. couldn't repeat a single riff you know yeah no that's cool um well, we learned a lot um yeah but i think you just change every time you go you know, every time i work we worked with a producer it changes the way you it changes what you know to focus on where you're like mm-hmm. you, you, you you burn so much gas focusing on something that just gets changed in like the split second you're like oh yeah that makes way more sense and you just move yeah. forward you're like it's been fucking three days yeah. on that and it was just this like thing you go oh so it, it changes your focus in what you're in the way you write 
because you focus on what you're good at and what mm-hmm. you're bringing to the table and you kind of, at least that's the way I look at it. And that's why a lot of people switch producers too, just to do something differently, right? Yeah, but when you find someone that clicks, I mean, it's why we went back to Brian McTurnan. I mean, he was just- Yeah, because that worked. Yeah, It worked. And that, that's not to say Chad didn't work. Um, yeah. But we, uh, yeah. Just helped found, mature the band. Better, yeah, we found a better match, I think, with Brian. And mm-hmm. um, it was great. And I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And then now working with John, John's an amazing producer. And now I just know what I'm good at. I think when you're like 22 and you're trying to write a fucking record and- mm-hmm trying to make a career out of it you have so many things you're thinking about Mm -hmm. um as far as like the arc of the band and what people that already like your band are going to think of this and wanting to progress as an artist but not wanting to push it too far to alienate the people that have supported you up until that point Mm -hmm. and then it's great when all that goes away you just start writing music because like i don't fucking care i'm 35 it's fun that's just what i do now like no one listens to this shit and so it's it's nice Mm -hmm. i like i like now writing is a lot better for me Mm -hmm. back then it was a lot more um i don't know it felt like everything was riding on it Mm -hmm. and then i look back and you can i can i can hear where it's structured and Mm -hmm. then now when i look back on the music i'm writing i'm like oh that's real because i don't give a shit (laughs) and i know you guys were with run for cover for a while there um especially from like the inception pretty much yeah and then i heard you guys lied to to triple crown to, to, to land a record deal with them is that true probably i don't even remember I, I read that somewhere it said something like you guys lied about tours you did or something and oh, i'm sure somehow yeah, booked we, that yeah i'm sure <laughs> it's I, incredible yeah you did a lot of weird I, I remember the whole like the whole chat thing came from um fucking h2o because mm. toby makes sense lived in chad's duplex at the time the other boys and <clears throat> I don't know somehow we got on Chad's radar. I don't know if it was through Toby or whatever, but mm-hmm. I remember I was at work at Tim Hortons. Did you really? Yeah. What? And I was uh I was like a sh- I was like a manager there. So I was like fucking managing the shift. And then Toby calls me and I'm like, oh shit, Toby's calling. What's up, Toby? <laughs> yeah. Trying to pretend to be cool and not be working at Tim Hortons. Yeah. And fucking he's like, Yeah, I'm like Chad wants to talk to you. I was like, what the fuck? And then that was <laughs> that was how that whole thing got put through. Wow, so you got the call initially. Yeah. But you we were always doing that, just posturing. That's fucking sweet. trying, you know, pretending to know what the hell was going on when we had no idea what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just being in your early twenties. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought like, of Tim Hortons getting into Michigan, but that makes sense because you're kind of close to Canada oh, too. I grew up like 20 minutes from Canada, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. We're, we're basically Canadian. I mean, you too. Yeah, man. yeah. We're like Toronto area. Yeah. yeah. Well, Buffalo. I mean, fuck, isn't that Niagara? Yeah. I mean, it's right near the border. Yeah. Yeah. How far is Toronto from there? Again? Like an hour and a half ish. How is that far? Not even, maybe. Yeah. Hour 20. <clears throat> it checks out. Yeah. So, did the same guy that shot the Almart for all I have to offer do the uh, Bonfires EP cover? Or was that a different person? Um, no, the bonfires, the the chicken running around. Yeah, yeah that, I think that was actually Mitch. Okay, who um, was also from Michigan. I always wondered. The problem is, there's actually a bunch. When you got the actual, I don't know if you have the actual vinyl. We get the vinyl. There's like a bunch of cards with it because it was yeah. like a bunch of alternative. The idea was that we we're gonna print like uh, fucking like ten different actual EPs, and then we just. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave up on that idea. Fuck, we'll just like make postcards, throw it in it. 
and uh actually mike did one who did yeah. all the gospel art and the super glim symbol and the yeah um but yeah there, there's actually a bunch of different um covers covers for that that's cool but uh yeah i'm drawing a blank on who shot <laughs> the, the covers chris yeah no it's all good um my buddy kyle uh, he used to do broken rim records i don't know if you remember that no. Uh, he, I think he booked you guys a couple times, but he actually has like the full vinyl collection. He's got everything. Like, oh, you said Kyle? Kyle Tedesco. Yeah, okay, I remember. He's the book that said like Mohawks. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Tat- cool, dude. Tattooed dude, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I remember. Dude, he just got like a neck tat recently. He looks fucking insane. He's got That's like good. this Halloween one That's all good. over his neck. <laughs> you, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta be overly tattooed now to be subcultural. Yeah. <laughs> You're the fucking like barista at Starbucks has like a forehead tattoo now. Exactly. <laughs> you just black out your whole face. Too. I know. Like 20 years ago, you couldn't get like many. If you had a forearm tattoo yeah. when I was like 20, you're like, that dude's fuck. That dude's dumb. That guy fucks. That guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. Stay away from that dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like a mere couple months after the Bonfires EP came out, you guys debuted your your sophomore record, Gospel, which celebrated 10 years this past year. You know, just thinking about that is just insane. So, you know, it feels like yesterday. Um, when that, like, initially was set for release, it actually got leaked. How did you guys react to that situation? I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> no? <laughs> Drinking and doing a lot of drugs, man. I don't remember the, yeah. the chronology of events happening, to be <laughs> honest. I don't remember it leaking. I no. do remember that type of shit happening all the time. But Do you think that stuff like that happening, like, affects, negatively affects, like, a, a release, or does it help it? would you say i mean i think it's like anything there's there's, there's it's a double-edged sword i mean if it's all everything's hype beast right like it's how mm-hmm. so if something leaks and it becomes this this thing that you can have if you're clicked up and you're within the network of people that have it mm-hmm. that that can be cool i always remember records leaking and us and if you had it you were like the fucking cool dude um so I don't know, man. I th- I think that's why th- that shit just can't even happen now. Because if it's not even on Spotify, like no one's even gonna go through the effort to like go to the other website to fucking hear it. Because <laughs> if it's not like where they're used to listening to, if it's not on Spotify, they're like, oh, I'll just wait. Yeah. Like, music's become so fucking devalued. Mm-hmm. The shift the shift you guys had in sound from the two records uh, was apparently too much for some people to handle. But I think it showed some of the greatest maturity and artistic variety that a band could possibly muster up. Um, I'm sure looking back on it, you guys are probably glad you didn't just make a part two of your debut and are glad you branched out to try new things. Yeah, I mean, I think in all fairness, if you look at the arc of fireworks, I don't really ever think we I don't think this the, the, it was that big of a leap. It wasn't any more of a leap than we ever did. Yeah, Everything yeah. we ever did was a leap. <laughs> yeah, it's just like gospel was the one that stuck. You yeah, know, and like sure. that, and for a lot of people, that was like the first one they heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it like for me, like Green Day falls off after Nimrod, right? Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm 35. What's your record? I probably the same, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, because okay. that's I, I yeah. Well, I got... Usually, I guess my point is like as the as like the every generation has their record with like a certain band that's yeah. continuing and like a band like green is a great example not comparing us to green day because yeah but we yeah we we pushed it but i don't think it was that i think it was still 
yeah. it just didn't hit as hard. I still don't think it's as good of a record as gospel personally, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it also, it's just, it, it definitely like killed the band. <laughs> Cause it was like, we, we, we fucking plateaued even gospel, like gospel it was like, oh, gospel's the record. Everyone hated fucking gospel when it came out. Yeah, That's what no one fucking remembers is that yeah. when that fucking record came out, we were like Detroit. Yeah. We're like that, like John, and then all of a sudden we're like this indie softcore band. Everyone fucking hated it. Yeah. And then over like pushing it for like a couple of years, now all of a sudden everybody liked it. Yeah. Because we're like the mature, you're weak, you wear glasses now, yeah, hot punk band. And then we pushed it again, everyone hated it, and then we blew up and died. <laughs> so like <laughs> even if we pushed that record longer, it would have been revered more. I don't fucking know, but it seemed to blow up pretty quick. I remember that. Gospel? Yeah. Like at least in Buffalo and like that area, I feel like people got it. Uh, I don't know. From our from our perspective, it didn't. No, it took no. like a couple of years. It took a while for people to like it. Like all the, I mean, also too, I think you know when you're in a band, you start you mm-hmm. read all the, the nerdy. I don't know what the yeah. absolute punk and punk news equivalent is in yeah, 2022. <laughs> but like, I did at least. I I hyper watched all that shit. Really, only watching you know you're you're hyper aware of the opinions of like yeah. the, the the nerds. Um, but yeah, people people were not very stoked. Especially in the way that they were stoked on um, all I have to offer. Yeah. Like when all I have to offer came out, like it dropped and it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then when like gospel came out, everyone was like, I don't know. I like that other <laughs> shit you did. And then, like, like, hey. I thought, like a year later, everyone was like, this is great. Yeah. But I felt like those were new fans. Yeah. Where's this monster coming from? <laughs> um, let's see here. Definitely cut this part out. I'm just going to see where we're at here. Good, we're sinking here. Yeah. Let me. Come on, man. That one always does that. It's always one of these does that. So, how did having like a month of pre-production change the scope of how a record can be made? On gospel, <laughs> you can cut that belch out. <laughs> um, a month of pre-pro, like in the like in the studio pre-pro. You mean? Yeah. Well, you mean, okay, well, we did like, you mean a month of, because it was like a month of full studio time as compared to like 12 days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on all I have. Yeah, I mean, you can really dissect the songs. I think too, man, it was such, with doing the 12 songs and, you know, Chad did his best with us. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. And we had to like dissect a record and we did it in like two days. Yeah. And he like, chopped up our songs it was like this is these are all great riffs but there's like 14 riffs in one song yeah like if you heard the demos of like those songs compared to what they turned out it's like nuts because it was just these crazy ridiculous like detroit i listened to it recently and it's just like <laughs> i want to hear it <laughs> there's like there's like at least five parts that were cut out of that song oh my god because we wouldn't do choruses we every verse wouldn't repeat yeah uh that was just like the Midwest thing. It's like random guitar solos coming yeah. out of nowhere. Um, but I think there's also just a, just a sense of calm and that you have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much easier to do a record in that amount of time. But now I do it in a day. I do a day for every <laughs> song I do. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm better at song structure now. So mm-hmm. I like 
go in with a song. Mm-hmm. We might tweak one little thing on it and we yeah. just chop it up. Maybe I don't know if the technology wasn't there then, but plus it's not five or six people in the room though. It's more just like you and like whoever. That's true. But I'll come in with like a demo yeah. that is our scratch track. Whereas, mm-hmm. and if we need to edit said scratch track, mm-hmm. we can just do it right there. We just go like chop it. It might sound a little clippy, yeah, but it's good enough for a drummer to play along to. Mm-hmm. Whereas like back then, I don't know if the technology wasn't there or what the fuck, but like mm-hmm. if, if you had to redo the structure, you had to just re-record your scratch track and your demo. Mm-hmm. Cause that's how it works for people that don't know is you have a scratch track, yeah, which is your demo that needs to be like the structure of the song. And then you record drums to said scratch track and then the scratch track goes away and then you go face, whatever you build tracks on top of that. Mm-hmm. Just layer it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just less pressure, I guess. Yeah, that's good. The artist that you guys had do gospel also did O'Common Life. What's his name again? Mike Burdick, Michael Eugene Burdick. And he's also in town right now, you said, right? He is. He's uh, one of my best friends. Came to my birthday uh, dinner two nights ago. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, happy belated, by the way. Thank you. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I felt bad. I was like talking to you that day on the phone. I didn't know it was your birthday until somebody posted about it. I was like, fuck. (laughs) I don't make a big deal. I was just working. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit. I'll I'll remember. (laughs) Birthdays just become depressing, man. Exactly, yeah. mid-30s, too. You're just like, fuck. I hear you on that one. Um, but when he made these incredible art pieces for the respected records, like, was there any kind of mental blueprint for him to follow or did you guys just give him like free reigns and he came back with that? Yeah, we would, we would shoot him a lot of ideas, uh, to Chris's, Chris Moyan, shout out to Chris Moyan's credit. He, he kind of pioneered a lot of the conceptual, um, aspects of both of those Mm -hmm. records, but the monster and the boy actually came from the the bonfires EP cover that he did where I think Chris said something about, I think he just like ripped out an idea, like, yeah, like a monster holding like a box of children or something <laughs> like that. And he did a monster with like horns like that, holding all these kids. And then he had some other cool riffed out ideas, but he did, he'll, he'll kind of like blueprint out a bunch of just real rough sketches to kind of shoot them at you. And yeah. Then like, it's like, proverbial shit and then you're the wall and he throws it at you and, yeah. then, and then you pick one and then kind of elaborates and uh that's super cool chris kind of pioneered that and then the yeah the wolf idea actually came from a ripoff of a God, fucking forget the movie it was but it was actually a, give me an idea i'll probably know Was it like a- I think it was The Exorcist, maybe, but it was like a boy stand. Maybe not The Exorcist. Maybe it was The Shining. <laughs> okay. Maybe it was The Shining. It was like a, a boy standing, and then his shadow was like a monster or a wolf or something. Okay. And, and then he did like a rip off of it. And we we're like, that's too similar. And then it just turned into the boy's head. Yeah. And his hands and knees, because there was a one riff, one rough drawing of the, the boy on his hands, and he's just like puking. <laughs> It's cool. It's like a continuation almost of gospel's artwork. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. You become the devil, man. Yeah. Real sinister stuff. You're, you're, you have your innocence and then no, you don't. <laughs> you're just that, now you're that fucking asshole. <laughs> no turning back. <laughs> um, now I think the art is like super fitting to the band too, especially to the music. Yeah. I think it's the juxtaposition of the kind of cryptic shit. And then the, mm-hmm. the, the poppy music with the weird depressing lyrics yeah not fits 
Um, I know Chris writes a lot of the lyrics within the band, but you, Dave, and Kyle contribute to like a healthy bulk of it too. Um, out of the lyrics on gospel, are there any standout lines that you wrote that you can claim right here, right now? On gospel? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, yeah, I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. Really? But yeah, I just, I wrote a lot of it. I mean, <laughs> it's gotta be one. At like what it came down when I moved out here, it mm-hmm. definitely was a big, I, every record I had less and less to do with. And okay. by the end of it, I ended up basically be like time to write gospel. Yeah. So what did I do? I just put all the lyrics that I had been writing and email them to Chris. <clears throat> and then Chris would, you know, go through my, through my bullshit and, yeah. and find little lines that kind of fit. Fireworks was always a Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, the way we wrote. It was not, uh, Dave is absolutely the creative backbone of, of fireworks. Yeah. Chris was more the conductor of Dave's mm-hmm. psycho creativity. Uh, but Dave didn't write a lot of lyrics. Yeah. Me and Chris wrote a lot of lyrics. Yeah. And then me and Chris had a, there was a dichotomy between us because we've been writing for so long together. We started our first band when we were 12 years old. Yeah. Um, so I had less and less to do with it. And then, yeah, so that's kind of how I I went with it. But honestly, I haven't listened to gospel in so long. Mm -hmm. Um, If we listen to it right now, I could tell you each line I wrote, but I can't think of it off the top of my head because I'm an asshole. Yeah, that's good. We'll listen to it soon. Um, Is Chris like the only one that's still in Michigan? Not everyone's there. It's Dave and Kyle. Okay. And you? Yeah. Well, I guess fuck uh, Tim. (laughs) I didn't know where Tim is. Are you in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Wasn't he going to school there or something at one point? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah, he's still he's gonna be a doctor, dude. That's fucking sick. He's gonna be a doctor, high school dropout. Think he'll ever come back to play like a show? No, nah, we won't let him. <laughs> um, is it true that you guys really didn't see the video for arrows until it was released? Yeah, that's true. What was like your initial reaction to seeing it? I thought it was fucking amazing. I was very yeah. proud of something I had next to nothing to do with. We we met the dude one time, mm-hmm. and he literally had the idea for. He took our had a dream, yeah, <laughs> and it was this, and he just described the arrows. But like, that sounds tight, dude. And then we saw it as yeah. it came out. I we, I think most of us forgot that it was even happening. Like Fred kind of pioneered the owner of Triple Crown. Yeah, I was gonna say your label set that up. Right? Yeah, and then it was funny. like, holy shit, that was really good. <laughs> I'm really proud of it. And I had literally nothing to do with it. None of us had anything to do with it. It always bummed me out that that was the only one that made the record. That there were no more videos. Yeah. I mean, video, it's just, they don't, especially for a band our size, dude, they don't have the financial return. Yeah. No, for sure. Like a fucking video. Like even that one probably costs like 10 K the goddamn record yeah, costs yeah. like 24. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah like, it's a lot. Like we could have just recorded another fucking record. Yeah. For that much money. I feel like nowadays, though, I feel you, you can make videos for less now. You can make them for less, especially without filming, because you could just have some nerd in his room who could just do it. Yeah, do it. And it has his system dialed so he can knock it out in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like filming like that, that I mean, that was that was like a movie. That was amazing. It was like a movie. And it was like yeah. kind of like student filmy. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know where that guy is now, but I'm sure he's successful. Yeah, he was very good. No, he was great on that. Um, so O Common Life came onto the scene as the band's most emotional record yet. And when paired with the extended hiatus, it kind of left a void in the hearts of the many fans of fireworks. 
uh, it had some of the most painfully honest lyrics and a lot of really dark theming going on. How did the songwriting uh, process change a bit with this one? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, my my contributions were waning uh, when No Common Life came out, and they were like yeah. basically strictly um, lyrical at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what was the question? <laughs> Uh, like how do how did the songwriting process change a bit with this one with how it was just like a lot darker and just sadder <laughs> we were all in a really dark place man yeah it was just a shitty place i mean dave's dad had just died i think everybody knew we were kicking a dead horse as far as like the band was yeah. concerned but at the same time every time we do a record there's like this Every musician knows every song you release as like a published musician is like a lottery ticket. Yeah. And whether you want to admit it or not, in the back of your fucking head, you're like, maybe this is the one. Maybe everyone's gonna fucking stop. And yeah. So there's that. But at least I was. Uh, I can't speak for everyone else, but I was jaded as fuck and just yeah, like a very, very high functioning alcoholic at the time. Yeah. Um yeah, it was dark. We were we just we were touching on a lot of the, uh, a lot of the death stuff was mm-hmm. obviously Dave's dad and yeah. uh, me and Chris. Uh, we started our first band when we were thirteen, mm-hmm. twelve or some shit. Yeah, and the guy, the kid, we were trying to teach to play drums for us. Who was like our best friend was hit killed by a car. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, and so there's this meshing of the two subject matters that like unless you're us you can't really tell the difference of who we're talking Mm -hmm. about if it's like yeah about dave's dad or if it's about tom Mm -hmm. um but it's all coincided kind of on the same topic yeah i mean i think it's kind of like this weird thing when you're like in your like mid to late 20s and you're still writing songs about your friend from back then yeah and you're still doing the same shit you did from back then with the same people and Mm -hmm. you kind of like can barely stand to be around each other yeah (laughs) um and I, I was, at least that was my perspective. And I'm always the uh, dramatic, shitty, hard to deal with one of yeah. fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Lay that out there. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, it was a tough record. I think, I think it was also, we didn't care as much. Yeah. Not from like a, we didn't care as much about, I think because we all in the back right knew, like this is probably the last one we're going to do Yeah. that. Like we weren't, we didn't care as much about the arc Yeah. as far as like what people who listened to us thought we were or just like, making, we were just making yeah. music. We were just like, whatever this, there's this song, yeah. well, you know, like woods we wrote in the studio. We yeah. wrote that song. Just like, we just like shot that one out like an mm-hmm. afternoon. Wow. And that's like one of my favorite songs on the whole record. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, and that once again it's like weaving it's it's all about tom but Mm -hmm. there's like a couple lines that kind of like allude to dave's dad for no fucking reason yeah yeah now i know people were complaining i think the the first single was glowing crosses right yeah yeah i feel like people were complaining when that came out but when the whole record came out like they got on board with it and i feel like people were just worried in general what was going on with the band because it had been like you know three three or four years between records or something like that three years yeah we 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 just fucked up a lot to be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like as far as uh, we should have made more music we were from the the era of bands that just grinded like set your goals and yeah strong and polar bear club and 
we thought the only way to success was to grind out and tour as much as possible. Yeah, and yeah. we were always, because we could draw, everyone wanted us on their tour. And then we were always, a, I don't know if we were afraid or just never, we never did our own. We only did like two headliners. Yeah. We were always like true supporting other bands, <clears throat> which I think fucked us in the long mm-hmm. run. But except for like tour, like tour, like the one years probably helped you though. Like bands like that. Right. Uh, yeah, we toured then. You toured a lot with them. We did. Yeah. But we toured a lot with them when we were like bigger than them, which isn't saying much because yeah. <laughs> we were very big. Yeah, yeah. Like the Warriors just did like this quantum leap past us. Yeah. And then there's like, I don't know. Yeah. I love touring them. That's the other thing is you just want to tour with your friends. Yeah. You guys do a hell of a lot of that. Like, are, yeah. you, are you really making progress? Yeah. Or if, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, a, I don't know. Do any any of the other bands stick out that were like fun to tour with like this time next year? Set your goals. Oh yeah, this time next year is still some of my best friends. Yeah. Uh, set your goals. Wonder Years. I've just said that. Fucking <laughs> Man Overboard. Transit. Hostage Com. Candy oh, Hearts. Hostage Com. You, you tour with Polar Bear Club ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot with Polar Bear Club. Fucking love them. Great people. I kind of claim them as like a like a hometown band because they're from Rochester. Yeah, Rochester's not too far. Yeah good people such love gold yeah such gold yeah we, we didn't do too too much with such gold we did more festivals with them yeah they're, they're just from rochester too yeah yeah um so when the band's hiatus began its journey into the unknown were you worried about what was to come next in your life fuck yeah it was like, uh, <laughs> fuck yeah it's a existential crisis man yeah your whole identity because i mean that's kind of why you like hang out for so long too right like yeah your whole my whole identity was wrapped around touring and being in a band and without it i was i think i was 29 when fireworks broke up damn and like you're like like, what's next (laughs) you're a loser without your band and the band's gone you're like fuck i'm a loser yeah um so yeah there was just this pair uh but i just hit the ground running and tried a bunch of shit and just realized real quick that I should attack barbering. So yeah. that's what I did. Um, bad, scary. Yeah. And I didn't really attack barbering and then couldn't stop writing music. So I just I did a couple EPs, but mm-hmm. that's scary, man, when your band goes away. That, and that's also why you kick that horse for so long, too. Because mm-hmm. you just, there's that, uh, what do they call it? Law, uh, spent cost prophecy or, or uh you put so much time yeah. into it that like you don't want to see it evaporate yeah dude because yeah. then what then all that that means all that energy you put in was for not obviously it's not but like at the yeah. time it feels like that you're mm, like of course now i gotta like expel all this more all more energy and like divert my my life course again yeah but, that was scary, man. Scary shit. No, I know you and Kyle especially definitely didn't want it to end. And he was—he actually used the same word as you, identity. He said that to me recently. He was like, he was like, yeah, it was that band was my whole identity. It was. It was all of our. I mean, I think. Yeah. Everybody kind of let go at different times, and I think yeah. being the dramatic one, like Dave, basically was the one who broke the band up. I was super fucking bitter at him because it felt, yeah, yeah. You know, everything was like a like a like a democracy within mm-hmm. the band you know yeah yeah so we voted on everything and it's been like you just you know turned it into a, not a dictatorship but that's fucking stupid but yeah like he you know he made a decision on behalf of everyone to end it yeah and i was like 
offended by it but it was because my whole i didn't want it to end even though i in the back of my head i knew yeah so like yeah. retrospectively you like, felt it coming off to yeah. you, Dave. like you were way more self-aware than i was yeah. um <laughs> yeah we've since buried that at you it was all on me but yeah um, no for sure i was the asshole but still i mean it's it's scary man you you put so much into that shit yeah and like it's fun it's great it was a good ride but we probably did it like two years too long really <laughs> two, yeah, wow man, like honestly that's uh, crazy but yeah we're still making music yeah did you uh have any idea that it would last seven years without planning any shows or regularly planning schedules for fireworks personally i didn't think we'd ever do it again really yeah wow um and we're doing it again and i i'm completely on I have nothing to do with uh, any of the writing. Okay. And that was like a decision that we all made together. So like they all were like, Brett, you're not. <laughs> they basically sat me down and were like, look, we have these songs we're writing. We want to do this. If you, if you're in, we'll do it as fireworks. Yeah. Which I mean, as I'm recalling it, I think it was like, this is what we'd prefer to do. Yeah. If you don't want to be involved, we'll just start a new band. Yeah, listen, the band's called so, Bears again. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah, we can do it. I'm good for like four shows a year. Yeah. And no one wants to like tour or anything. So yeah. That's uh, what Kyle's kind of saying. He's he's saying like you guys would probably do like one off shows kind of thing or weekends, maybe. Yeah, we'll just do a couple shows here and there. Nothing like huge, you know, full US tours or anything. I'm like, gonna do take a month off work. Yeah. <laughs> to make no money. Yeah, for sure. Um, so back on November 8th, 2019, Fireworks announced the forthcoming album, High, Higher Lonely Power, which most likely due to COVID took a front seat, front class seat on the back burner. Uh, <laughs> what kind of recent progress has been made that you know about to further along that record's completion? Yeah, man, this is a record. I don't know when this could come out. Yeah. Chris and Lisa are pregnant again. Oh, shit. So, like, fuck. It's going to happen real soon. Thanks or like a lot, Chris. Five more years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah this is, we're all everyone's always working on music it's just what we do in yeah spare time so like i think that's also the thing from a music like fan perspective a fan of a band versus like someone who just makes music yeah yeah um i think music is this strange art form where per, there's this performance aspect mm -hmm there's a whole culture around the performance of like shows and all this shit that's separate to the art of writing and creating music. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I don't want to say it's unfair, but it puts a weird burden on people that create music as an art form. Yeah. Personally, I hate playing shows. I don't like it. It stresses me out. It makes me nervous. Really? Yeah. I have social anxiety. I am super hypercritical of myself and the way I, and so shows stress me out. Oh, you kill it live what though. What doesn't stress me out is writing music, recording music. Yeah. That's my that's my world. That's what I love to do. So there's no real work. And then so then go, well, well, why don't you write music for other people? Because I don't <laughs> fucking write music for the people. I write super <laughs> personal, weird emo shit. And it's mine. Be one of like the 23 people that write for Taylor Swift. <laughs> and so I think none of us we're all at that point where we're just making music because that's what we do yeah. in our spare time it's our uh, it's our art form um and we're not and we all i think playing sh shows and all this shit stresses us all out on a certain level not yeah. me personally not liking to play shows that's my own perspective but yeah 
the pressure, the outward pressure from people who like what you do in a weird way doesn't help. Yeah. So, so are you like freaking out the whole time you're playing a show or is it more before you play? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. So that's why I drink a lot when I play. Yeah. Um, just relaxes you. I know Scott from terror does that too. Yeah. It's stressful. It's uh, he gets hammered. I'm very critical of myself. I, I don't like, I don't like the one shot of the show because I'm constantly trying to reevaluate how, if I fuck something up, my initial reaction is how do I not do this again? Yeah. So when you're playing a show, you can't do that. If you fuck up, you just be like, no, well, just keep going, move on. Yeah. And I can't do that. And I get in my head. So you, you like literally miss, misplay one note. You're thinking about that for the rest of the the whole world heard it. I'm like, everybody in this room is like, that dude sucks. (laughs) Fuck. Um, (laughs) But it's just not and i got better at it when i was playing all the time and now i don't play a lot oh you don't i mean i play a shitload but i don't play shows a lot yeah yeah. playing live and playing is just two completely different things and that's sort of my grand point is like yeah there's no other art form where performance the the initial creation of the art and Mm. the performance are intertwined like if if you see a play unfold in front of you live you don't assume that every person saying their line wrote that line you know someone else wrote it you know that there's an actor if you watch a movie even though that's a bad example because it's not live Mm -hmm. you don't assume that that person came up with that line Um, if somebody sings a song everyone's everyone's like shocked to learn that someone else wrote it because everyone just assumes that they wrote it yeah and that they're performing it and that they're doing it live and that and there's this whole there's so many like if you did like Mike Burdick is not tasked with touring the country and recreating his, his paintings no, in not front of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's completely like not a thing. Hologram that's right yeah. So I think that's, that that's only something I've come to terms with in my later years that I'm just like, because it's so intertwined with it, you're, you don't think of it. I never separated those two things yeah. until like, I just wasn't playing shows and so much time went by without me playing a show. And I didn't have this inkling to do it. And I was still writing and creating and feeling really good about what I was doing. And in fact, I was feeling better about it. And I realized yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. Like playing shows. All it does is remind me that like people are judging me. Yeah. <laughs> people want to like, <laughs> people expect something out of me. I hate that. Did anybody wanted- else in the band get that? No, Kyle loves performance. Yeah. Um, I feel like the singer would think, get that the worst usually. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I haven't had this conversation with Dave, but I, I think he would agree on some level with what I'm saying. I, I can't, I don't want to speak for him, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's played shows since then, but like yeah, yeah. he's like, how do you get good at being a songwriter? It's by sitting in your fucking room alone. Doing it all the time. Fucking hours and hours and yeah. hours that amount to weeks and years over yeah. time. It's not by standing in front of people and doing it. How do you get good at football? You play in front of a bunch of fucking people your whole life. It's how you get good at that. Yeah. So I think like there's a lot of people that probably think like I think about this shit, but don't even realize it yet because yeah, because you you write music, you record the music, you release the music, and what's the next step? We gotta play. When's the next show? We gonna play. We gonna play. Oh, we just got a band. What are you gonna do? (laughs) Like I don't want to fucking play a show. Stress me out. 
Yeah. It's like, listen to it. If you like it, cool. If not, I don't know. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> well, what about the one you did in Michigan? Was that the first one in a long time? Yeah, someone, uh, Brent, uh, Benson, really asked me to play it. Yeah. Um, I feel like compulsion to, not, I don't know if it's a compulsion, but I feel a obligation obligation to do it. Yeah. Um. Sort of like waking up real early. You never want to do it when it's happening, but you're yeah. never upset that you did it. Yeah. Like after. <laughs> You know? Dude, that's like me with the podcasting a little bit. Like before I do an episode, I'm worried I'm going to fuck it up. And then after I'm so glad because it usually comes out good. Yeah. And even yeah. if you fuck something up, like, you know, failure is not, mm-hmm. uh, failure is just the way you interpret progress, man. Like if yeah. you fuck something up and you, and it makes you tweak something and makes you better at something, it's not really failing. It's you no. know, exposing oh, something you can improve upon. You exactly. Know I mean? yeah. That's how you frame shit. But so I, I don't know. I just know that that whole, I know that I, I, I know the treadmill of, of shows and, and wanting to, there's nothing greater than playing a fucking great show. Yeah. When there's all these people lined up and like, there's nothing that strokes your ego like that. And there is nothing more, more soul crushing than like driving eight hours loading into a show and like 14 people walking in yeah and you're just like what the fuck am i doing with my life this sucks i'm a fucking loser um and i i just don't <laughs> me personally like the juice just ain't worth the squeeze because yeah, i never yeah. got you want a packed room well i like yeah i do but i also <laughs> i'd rather not i don't want to build i don't want to deal with that that the that soul crushingness yeah. also there's nothing worse than having that fucking crowd show up and you fucking feeling all cocky and like good and then you go out there and you smoke too much weed and you just fucking <laughs> brain fart and yeah. you're just like like you're playing arrows and you just stop and you're like i don't need what so yeah <laughs> like like that shit happens and like then you and then you're like what the fuck am i doing like why am i even here like what the fuck dude like I'm a, it's like imposter syndrome like, i mean That's i don't funny. know there's just so many there's so many variables that I never learned to control of live performance that yeah. I watched other people just control like yeah like it was nothing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I was telling you earlier. I, I played synth in a band like ten years ago, and we did a show where we drove all the way to Philly, and that was like a six seven hour drive. And no one, did no one show up. No, it was like probably, oh. it was probably fifteen oh, yeah. twenty people yeah. maybe, but um, we, we had shows and no one showed up. Yeah, I heard about that. There was yeah. like, or there was one where one person showed up, right? Yeah, but that's better than none. That's We've hilarious. We had people that none showed up, and we're like, "What do you do? We just packed our shit. What do you oh, do? you didn't play? <laughs> play for no one? That's awesome. That happened more than once. You should have recorded that. That would have been made for a really funny archival video. It's horrible, dude. That sucks. Um, no, but yeah, the one time I played, my fucking synth did not match up to like the rest of the band because the sound was so bad. Okay. So the whole time I was playing like out of you know not matching with them. Like just yeah, so many weird key. things. If like I have this weird thing that have sometimes my brain. I've talked to other musicians about this too. My I'll hear like my 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 internal tuning gets off, and yeah. I and I all of a sudden start thinking in a different key. Yeah. Than what what the song's happening, so everything sounds out of tune to me. Really. And it, it's like weird. Like it's just like happening. It sounds like you're just playing a guitar that's out of tune, and you're like, what the. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like you're like, oh, it's because, and then whoop, and then everything comes back in the key. That would happen. That's happened to me a few times when you just don't even know what's going on. You're like, yeah, did I fuck something? No, no, I'm in the <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> Has anybody ever eat shit on stage? Oh my god, I fucking sprained my ankle. Like, no, I way. sprained my ankle so bad that I almost threw up. I've like, one, I've done some. I've fallen off stage. I've, <sighs> I've one time I ran up on the. I just stand on the monitor because I thought I was cool. I'm standing on the monitor. Yeah, and I slipped. I was at Reggie's and fucking wow. uh, in a, in a, what do you call it in Chicago? Almost <laughs> fell into the fucking uh, like the gap. The, the gap. Yeah. The fucking crowd gap. <clears throat> I threw my way backwards and I fucking stumbled backwards no and I way. fucking fell into my hands and oh. fell on it. What the fuck? <laughs> So I think Justin was out there. He picked my amp up. I was like all drunk. And I was like, yeah, I fucking do it again. I did, it. I did the exact same thing twice. No. I fought. Oh, my God. How about any of the other guys? Like, did they do it like that? Yeah, everyone's fucked up. Everyone's done stupid shit. That's funny. Fallen, sprained their ankle. Oh, my God. Uh, How about in a mosh pit? You ever get fucked up in a mosh pit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chip a tooth. Really? Yeah. Broke my finger, stupid shit. Yeah, I've gotten like kicks in the face and stuff, but like the worst for me usually is getting like the air knocked out of me. I've had that like yeah, three or four stage times. dive and no one's there. Well, not even just that, just like moshing and somebody just like elbows you or something. Or, I remember yeah. one time, uh, Tim from Transit. Mm. Break my heart. Rest in peace. Um, but it was uh, it was Austin Man overboard and Transit on this tour. One of our only headliners had. Yeah. It came. Tim was talking about how he had never staged it before. I'm like, you've never staged it. Oh, I heard it. about this actually. Yeah. <laughs> what happened again? So fucking everyone got him to stage dive during our set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fucking freaking runs, he stage dives. And it was like Nobody a fucking him. like a movie, like the crowd part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. head first and it fucking knocked him out. Didn't they get like an ambulance or something? Well, it knocked him out and he kind of like, we couldn't tell him he seized or what, but he like. I mean, he was out. Like they picked him up, and we put him on stage, and he was like shaking. What the fuck? And, <laughs> and this is like pre-Obamacare too, so none of us had health insurance. <laughs> um, so we're all out there, no health insurance. We're like, dude, you just like you gotta go to the ER. He's like, I'm fine. And we're like, no, you gotta go to the ER, dude. Like we felt responsible. We sent him to the ER. Oh my god. I think we ended up like paying for it too because we felt. Really of course, good. yeah. But <laughs> that's funny, dude. I went to the ER like three times two summers ago. Just the whole summer, I just kept doing dumb shit. Yeah, that's me. My wife makes fun of me. I don't go to the... She's like, you don't go to the doctor. You go to the fucking ER. Yeah. It costs so much, too. It's like 150 bucks just to talk to somebody. That's yeah, it. they're like, oh, you're fine. Yeah, every time. They're like, you should go to the dentist. You're like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the first time that summer, I like had a friend put me in like a chokehold to like make me pass out kind of thing. And then I got this like vaso vago effect later that day where you like just think about what happened and then you just pass out again. No shit. So like I just kept passing out and having like these like mini seizures. Holy fuck. So I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> and I'm sure they were just like rub some shit on your head and they're like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Go up. Yeah. Take an aspirin. And then like a month later, my dog bit me and he was like a puppy, but I, I got a lot of blood. So I had to go again. Where'd he get you? And like the, the face somewhere. I can't oh. remember like my nose or something. Just like playing around. Just playing around, yeah. yeah. And then like a month after that, I got this was the dumbest one of all. I was working at Warner Brothers as like a valet person for Ellen. And fucking I was we would like listen to music all day and like headphones. And you know that little silicone piece that's on the end of your headphones? It yeah. got lodged in my fucking ear. <laughs> and I could not get it out. And the whole time I'm like, is this bad? Like, what do I do? And I would try to fish it out and it just got even deeper. 
it, oh, and it started to hurt and i was like no i gotta leave you're like the fucking five-year-old gets a lego stuck up his nose yeah literally <laughs> fucking ER. <laughs> Get it out. and i went to the fucking stupid nurse that's on the warner brothers lot and she's like yeah i really can't help you because we're gonna have a lawsuit if that happens and she tried to like fish it out with scissors and she's like yeah yeah i gotta stop you're gonna have to go to the scissors gonna, yeah yeah i know i'm like what are you doing and then, yeah, I went to the real ER and took the guy two seconds to get it out. And they still charged me for like a couple hundred bucks. That's amazing. Bullshit. Um, so you guys were always a band that had the best reputation among fans being super friendly before and after the gigs. How important is it to have that relationship with the people that support your music? Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, there's nothing better than someone coming up and, and just, it's just, it's the, it's the best stroke to your ego, man. Someone comes up and like, cause yeah. that's what music is, right? Like, especially the type of music we do is kind of like in, in embodying an emotion that's familiar. That's hard, that, well, it's familiar, but hard to, hard to wrap your fingers around. And when you hear someone like say something that like captures something that yeah. you felt, cause usually when you're in those, in the, I mean, that's kind of how I, we all write is in these, I don't write from a good place. None of us in fireworks do. <laughs> yeah. So that also means that when you look back at what you write, you don't necessarily agree with what you felt in the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could have justified or not, or how, you know, cause you, you move on from that and you come to terms with what happened and you realize the errors of the way you thought you grow from it. Yeah. But it captures this visceral uh, moment. And when somebody acknowledges that there's this like camaraderie like dude like i've <laughs> i've been to that dark dark hole <laughs> like thank you for like just being able to give me some tchotchke to hold on to yeah. to like remember of how not to get there again <laughs> i don't know it's a great feeling man uh there's also a weird one of people coming up to you and being like yeah gospel i don't really like it but dude we're like <laughs> everywhere that shit was tight. People like, do that. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Oh man, and you're like yeah, you're like oh, yeah. you know the, the the apex of your creative art like life like it's not for me. But that <laughs> thing you did when you were 19, that was fucking great. Do more of that. All right, see ya. Does that offend you, or does that, or do you not really care? I mean, yeah, it offends you. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you learn to laugh it off. You know, like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know personally. I think everything you guys put out was great. Like honestly, it's all different too, which is great. I wouldn't want like a carbon copy of, you know, the last thing. Thank you. So I think it worked. Um, but I know Philly was one of the best cities for the band to play. Fuck yeah. Next to Detroit. Uh, do any other cities stand out that were like really oh, yeah. good markets? Philly was always good to us. Baltimore was always good to us. South Florida was one of the first cities that was well, city, but like, yeah, South Florida in general, like yeah. talent farm and, uh, like Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. and, um, uh, oh, yeah, Miami. Talent Farm. Yeah, Talent Farm was like that was yeah. like one of the best shows that we ever played up to that point. Yeah. I think it was the first time we played South Florida. We were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, LA was always good to us. Mm -hmm. A lot of places, man. And you're always, you know, everyone's always like, what's your favorite city? And like, I don't love South Florida as a city. They're like, it is an area really that much, yeah. other than like fishing and shit, because I love that. But, oh, hell yeah, yeah. But uh like culturally, I don't really like it that much, but Florida's cool to Shows visit. Shows are yeah. so good yeah. that I love it. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, if, if if fireworks didn't do well in Florida, I'd be like, fuck that place. Yeah, right. But because we did so well, I have this, like, oh, I love it. Do they have the worst drivers there? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, it's rough. I don't think it's bad in L.A., 
but they're pretty bad. I think they're worse drivers though. Like I think LA, they're pretty bad. They're like, bad here, but like have the entitlement. Yeah, yeah. Sucking at yeah. driving. Like, yeah, they're, true. They're entitled and they just, like you go to New York and everyone's entitled, but they can they're really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they might be a dick, but they're not gonna hit you when they fucking weave around you. Yeah. Here it's like someone will flick you off and then like fucking like like yeah. clip you when they cut you off. But the classic OTF though, Ohio, Texas, Florida. Those people suck. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the one time I saw you that was fucking great actually was Rochester at Dublin, Dublin Underground. Remember that? Yeah. Is that the one next to the strip club? Mm, possibly. Um, Head North opened. I don't know. Did we play there with uh, like Polar Bear Club? I think it was, it was Head North and you guys. I can't remember who else. It was. I don't think Polar Bear Club was on that though. I can only think of one place in Rochester off the top of my Bug head. Bug Jar. But I know a bunch of we play there all the fucking time. Yeah. There's like burrito place food I was going to. Mm. I have the worst memory, dude. Dog, do you ever go to Dogtown or uh probably like those garbage plate places? <laughs> yes. Yes. Plate, Nick time. Tahoe's. Nick Tahoe's or probably. Dogtown. Yeah. You gotta talk to Kyle. Yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's the chronologist. He's a foodie. He's just the chronologist. He just remembers shit. Yeah. I'm just like, I was like the drunk. Yeah. People had to carry you in and out of the show. That's it. Dude, that's that's it. me, man. Make sure I didn't get beat up. <laughs> Fucking make sure I was sleeping at the right spot. You ever get in like a fist fight? Nah, I just got beat up. Uh, you're just like, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, so what was it like playing shows in Japan? I can ima- imagine that culture shift was pretty immense. But Japan's amazing. That must have been rewarding. Greatest people. Yeah. Greatest people in the world. Such a... On... Um, unrelatable culture as far as when you go being American going there. Yeah. It's just so much shit. You just don't, you just, you can't understand because you're not Japanese. Yeah. Uh, But also so accommodating and so welcoming at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. So you get that feeling you go to like any insert, any country in Europe and you just like, one in three people speak like conversational English. Yeah. Like you recognize like the food, uh, you recognize like the, the establishments that are like happening. Fucking Japan's insane. Like what, like we were walking down an alley one time and a door opened and there was a robot. <laughs> looked like fucking Wally with a, with a tray with drinks on it. And he goes by and I was like, God, look at that. And it goes by and it's has a leash and there's a woman in a bikini on her hands and he's crawling behind it. As the door was like shutting, what? I saw it. And I was like, "What the fuck? What's that?" And I was like, "It's a, it's like a robot." <laughs> Were you sober then? For, no, it's Japan. No <laughs> way. Um, That's incredible. Unbelievable. Just so much shit that you just yeah. can't. There's no way for you to understand. Um, <laughs> like pachinko places don't make any sense to me. Uh, but anyway, and then like you play a show. You also playing venues like the size of your apartment like right here yeah like for sure. 80 people and everyone paid like 150 bucks to be there yeah they all buy one shirt one record sick they all like they know the music so they like sing along but they most of them don't know english so it's like they're singing along but yeah they know the words it's not like they're pretending to have heard the song before yeah yeah but they don't know the words and then they're like stage diving and going nuts but in this really like orderly controlled like transactional way it's like dude jumps on stage dude turns around <laughs> dude points at other dudes all dudes acknowledge dude put hands up i gotta see dude this jumps. wow they like no one gets hurt and then song stops everybody claps then they go 
fucking silent. Silent, yeah, I was going to say. And it's, you can hear your strings while you're tuning. Yeah, they don't talk and at all between can, songs. And you can say whatever you want in that microphone. And there's like one dude who'll know what you're talking about. Wow. It's insane. Because like, it's like us knowing Japanese. Do you know Japanese? We know two Japanese words. Yeah, right? I don't know shit. <laughs> you know, konnichiwa and you know, kanpai, maybe. That's it. <laughs> That's how they are towards English. And Or if they do know something, it's like very planned out. And the way we speak, they just won't understand. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. One of the coolest countries in the entire world. Everyone should go there. I can't wait. I, I, I want to go there, Australia, and Australia's Italy. Australia is just amazing because it feels foreign, but it's not. Everyone just yeah. talks stupid and the food's not that good. <laughs> Australia's not good? Food? No. Yeah. Really? Wow. Well, I mean, you're not getting any ethnic food there. That's good. I see. You, you'll get like good high end food. It's like yeah. it's like the UK. Like there's no Ireland like, sucks for food. Yeah, it's awful. It, yeah, but if you go like I'm sure there's some like Michelin star restaurant there that's fucking knock you out of the park. But there's no like, it's like chips and curry, fish and chips, yeah. shitty pizza, and like what what's your native food in the UK? Like bangers and fucking mash <laughs> and like chips. And, you know, like like your food sucks, guys. You know, pickled <laughs> eggs are probably the best thing you guys ever did. <laughs> But Japan, dude, like you'll go to a truck. Yeah. The best ramen I've ever had in this day was at a truck stop in Japan. No way. Just because some asshole at a truck stop took his job so fucking seriously yeah. that his ramen's like like the best I've ever had. He's like world renowned. And he's just some some guy not getting paid extra. Really? Just selling fucking $5 bowls of ramen. Wow. Just takes the shit that seriously. What part of Japan was that? Like Tokyo? That was on the way to... I remember we could see... Um, Mount Fuji, and it was on the way to um, Hiroshima. 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 Nice. <clears throat> Is it true you guys went out to eat in Russia and the ceiling of the restaurant you were at collapsed? Yep, and no one reacted. It, <laughs> <laughs> really? it collapsed. Everyone went. Like, oh. And they just kept eating. What the fuck? Yeah. And get like get like water was just coming like it wasn't just like it was like it was like, like flooding initial right? spill, but there was <laughs> water continuing <laughs> to hit the ground, oh and like everyone just looked. A couple of people moved that the water was hitting and they just moved a couple of seats and sat down and just kept eating. And we were like, they just oh, were unfazed. The fuck is here? weird. That was out of place. It's like Russia's food sucks. So and I want, they literally took us to a Sabaro. That was at a Sabaro. Really? We we're like, oh my God. I'm going to get me a New York slice. We we're all like vegetarian and <laughs> vegan at the time. And yeah, it was yeah. a, um, a uh, hepatitis C. No, was it hepatitis C? Probably. There was some outbreak, <laughs> and like you weren't. They're were like, "Don't eat the fresh vegetables." <laughs> we're like vegetarian, vegan. We're like, I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> so everybody was at the time. I remember Dave. We were all like vegan and vegetarian for. Yeah, I knew you were. Time. Yeah. What was that like? It sucked. And what made you? What made you break out of it? You just missed food. Uh, meat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't give it up for uh, any reason know, like that. Culinary reasons. I yeah. Gave it up for moral reasons, and then. Yeah, he just like I don't know learn to accept that you know shit dies for shit you like you yeah know? yeah like, i love the idea of people that you know i think being vegetarian and vegan is a great thing I'm yeah, yeah i didn't saw anyone who is but yeah yeah to, you know and it's, it's and it, yeah it is difficult and i think people that are vegetarian and vegan myself included don't give people credit enough to how hard it is for them to do because they've been doing yeah. it for so long especially vegan 
Yeah, but then if you go into something like your fucking iPhone, like the amount of suffering that is inflicted upon yeah. the world for you to own a fucking iPhone, yeah. for you to like post those self-righteous fucking rants you go on is pretty deeply ironic. So yeah. I just like caution everyone to yeah. acknowledge their own privilege and uh Yeah. You know, if 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 you don't want to eat meat because of moral reasons, that's great, but you should maybe avoid lithium and <laughs> When you when you ever were vegan, did you ever like make mistakes or like oh eat, yeah eat shit that you didn't realize? That was, was part. Of, I mean, in part, uh, um, for me, I started. I I was you know very militant. And I was a fucking asshole about being a vegan and a vegetarian, which is why yeah. I'm so aware of when people are doing it towards me now because I was that person. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I see the moral gap between me and that. And I feel like not, you know, a, a, a sense of responsibility of pointing it out and pointing out the flaws in the logic. But um, the thing that we were on like PETA two compilations and shit, we were on <laughs> a lot of people from PETA and yeah. not a lot, but like enough. And I remember, and a lot of just like fucking militant vegans and vegetarians. And I remember being around them and there was a point in time where I was vegan, but if something came and there was a mistake made in the food that I ordered, I would just eat it because my logic okay. was, which I still have this logic. Like if you bring me the wrong plate of food, I'll just fucking eat it. Yeah. You're not going to send not it gonna back. I'm not going to send it back I'm yeah. not, because it's here. And if I send it back, you're going to throw it out. Yeah. And what's worse me eating cheese or you throwing out cheese so that I can eat something without cheese on it. Yeah. For like, sure. Like what point are you making of that other than wasting food? Yeah. You're just wasting food. Yeah. Um, True. And I, remember people jumping down my throat about that and that was the genesis of me just getting away from that logic and just starting to realize like yeah man like you know i I remember somebody i remember somebody too i was drinking a fucking arizona iced tea that had honey in it and someone's like i thought you were vegan i was like yeah i'm vegan they're like you know there's honey in that right i was like honey (laughs) and they're like yeah honey's heavy it's from animals it was like for beets. And I remember I like point, I don't want to say what band, but I was like pointed at their van. I was like, how many dead bugs are on the fucking grill of your car right now? Oh, uh, what band was it? Took it? you to get <laughs> But that was like it's like maybe you shouldn't tour if you're worried about your impact on bugs. That's actually really funny. And I also think, furthermore, on the on the honey thing, if you are vegan and you don't eat honey, you should go out of your way to to donate money to bee farmers. Because without bees, you would not have any of the fucking vegetables that you eat. Totally. And those bee farmers are contracted by uh, farmers to bring their bees to their crops to pollinate them because there's such a large shortage of bees. So without bees, you have, we have nothing and the bee population is going down. So to not support bee farming and also those two logics they don't they don't meld and you could say you could make the same sort of argument for oysters yeah and also mussels because they're filter feeders Mm -hmm. so there's nothing damaging and and the farming of them actually provides structure as a fish nerd yeah Uh, yeah, it provides reef structure so it's there's nothing negatively impactful about the farming of mussels and the Mm -hmm. farming of oysters yeah or the farming of bees so if you don't if you choose not to eat them you should choose to support those industries some other way that's all i'm saying what are your thoughts on people trophy hunting trophy Trophy hunting i think that's another very interesting thing that people don't fully understand so a trophy being what a bobcat or an elephant anything like deer even a deer well a deer you eat 
I think a tr- like well, people that don't don't eat them that just kill them, kind of for like the picture. No one doesn't eat a deer that they. Do. Um, I think a good example would be let's let's go lion, okay, right? Okay. Or or elephant. No one's yeah. eating a fucking elephant. So that sounds awful, right? Yeah. Let's break it down. You where do elephants live? Everyone goes, oh, Africa. Oh no, where in Africa? Like on what <laughs> land? Like Africa is not just this open like mm-hmm. like block of land where elephants live free yeah all the elephants that are hunted is not all but 90 percent of the elephants that do live yeah. right now in the wild don't live in the wild they live on game reserves those yeah. game reserves are funded by people buying tags so even deer you could say bighorn sheep out here <clears throat> it's a protected species that they sell i think like four or five tags for a year yeah. they cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars and where does that money go? It goes directly to the Department of Fish and Game here, DFG, who monitors. And the only reason those animals exist and have money to, to be supported is because of people buying those tags. And that's, and, and then you go, okay, over to Africa, same deal. The only way they make money outside of that is by you going on a safari where which you pay astronomically lower amount of money to go take pictures and shit yeah yeah but that doesn't if you actually look at the money it doesn't support it that much and then they go and they you know they pick up okay you're going to shoot an elephant well you're going to shoot this old asshole who's actually so old he can't even make baby elephants and he now he's like killing smaller young males that he's competing with yeah so do i have a compulsion to go shoot a fucking elephant no i think it's weird but to not acknowledge the system you can disagree with the system but to not acknowledge what the system is and to pretend like that there's a that's not poaching poaching is the problem it's some fucking dentist paying money to go shoot a fucking lion is not the problem in fact he's doing more to support those animals yeah from a financial perspective than you are by not eating honey yeah (laughs) but people uh yeah so i mean that's that's the unfortunate reality that we live in yeah um and i think it's up to people to kind of make their own well no i think it's up to people to study what's going on be educated and, yeah, yeah. Be educated <laughs> instead sure. of just pretending to be better than other people like if you if you really feel that way yeah. then, then you should be donating money mm-hmm. um that's how i feel about that but i also kill things for fun exactly but i eat those things that I kill. How often do you eat the fish that you catch? All of them, or do you ever throw it back? Yeah, I throw I throw a lot back. I mean, I have just a, certain ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I I take what I what I I fish a lot. Yeah. Um, and I do a lot of catch and release. But the older I get, the the less time I have to like just recreationally fish, and the yeah. more I there was a time in my life where I kept everything because yeah. I was so poor that when we first moved out here that if I I was like that it was the only way I could justify the time I was spending doing it so I ate 90% of my protein was fish that I caught and then I would go to the dollar store and buy like rice and like fucking rotten veggies and that was all I ate yeah um now I'm a little pickier but then and now I own a boat I do a lot of deep sea shit but now I'm getting more into spear fishing and free diving because it's less less impactful on the environment and there's no pretty much no bycatch you're mm-hmm. shooting what you want to eat and you leave everything else alone. And mm-hmm. I'm not leaving fucking ounces of lead in the ocean and yeah. terminal tackle and, you know, extra fucking fluorocarbon and shit. Where do you typically go fish? I mean, we got a boat with a big range. So we're 
Catalina Island, San Clemente Island, oh, uh, nice. Santa Barbara Island, all up and down PV. Mm-hmm. I live like a mile from the beach in Redondo, so I fish Topaz Jetty and mm-hmm. north north uh, PV a lot. But yeah, I fish at least once a week. Oh, sweet. Um, Used to fish like five days a week. <laughs> is gas a lot over there for just like the boats? Ah, uh, well, we have a diesel. Okay. And diesel's actually cheaper than gas. Yeah. Diesel's more expensive than gas on the road, but that's only because there's a road tax on diesel. Yeah. So the diesel uh, is marine diesel, which is tinted pink because the mobs used to take it because there was no road tax on it. And they would sell it yeah. to the truckers. Um, so our, our road diesel, I mean, our, uh, excuse me, our ocean diesel is cheaper than like gas on the street. Yeah, so wow. we're paying like about like three to really four bucks a gallon. Oh, that's surprising. Um, but you only get like we get like two miles per gallon in our boat right now. Yeah, but we're about to sell it and buy a bigger one. Oh, nice. Yeah, my dad's boat in New York. That's it's at least like four dollars a gallon, I think, for the boat. Is it gas or diesel? It's gas. I that's think. pretty cheap for gas. I mean, gas gets like five bucks. Well, here, if yeah, got, it's if crazy. You're not in Newport, man. It's just like six bucks a gallon. Yeah. you're getting less MPG to it, so you're looking at fucking like one to one. Yeah, like a mile per gallon. That's more than for normal for New York though, because New York is like three something. So he usually will go and get it somewhere and bring it. Yeah. You know that's just if you get it on the water. Yeah, I mean that's the problem though too with us is like you can't technically it's illegal to do that in most places you can't. Yeah. Bring. They only want you filling up. Yeah. Or unless your boat's out of the water. We're in like a boathouse, so it's hard. I feel like it's hard to tell anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it, is it is the boat in the water? Or is it lifted out? Lifted, of the water? lifted. Lifted. I think it's probably legal then. I don't yeah. know. I don't know the actual laws there. Maybe Here, like a that would, system. That would be legal then. Yeah. So I want to hear your version of the raspberry cool incident. What all happened there? I was not. I was you, in Australia. You were not. I was the only one who didn't get arrested because I was in Australia. But I got arrested like two days earlier in australia (laughs) (laughs) what'd you do uh i got sniffed out because i had weed on me was that a smoothie shop no i was in uh king's cross at like 4 a.m oh my god i got arrested i got sniffed out by a dog on the street at like 4 a.m oh my god arrested they strip searched me no way and then they let me go what's that like humiliating i was 19 it was terrible i mean at that point i was probably the third time i was arrested and that was in australia it was australia it was the first time overseas i got i got arrested crikey terrified dude and it was the whole experience lasted like 20 minutes but they fucking strip searched me i felt like hours yeah it was kind of like dreamlike looking back to be honest with you because i was just like oh my god like i was like like, i'm gonna end up unlocked up abroad but turns out they have way back then had way more liberal uh, weed laws. Yeah. Than we did. I grew up on probation. Yeah. <laughs> like, was it super? Were you? Did you say you went to jail or? They took me to jail. But it was quick. Like getting. They strip searched me. Yeah. And then they sent me on the way. Weird. Do you ever see any of those crazy like big spiders in Australia? Oh yeah, they're fucking nuts. like a, a normal spider there, like a house spider, is like the size of your palm. It is what the fuck? fucking wild there. Wow, is that a real blockbuster? Is that what? Too bad you don't got a VHS blockbuster. Oh, oh yeah, that's a blockbuster cover I got from the last blockbuster that's you, still around. You went up to Alaska? Oregon. No, Oregon. Alaska's done. They okay. don't have one there anymore. It's it's Bend, Oregon. So you're just paying the fucking light fee? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, I just bought that. That was like a movie you could buy, I think. Okay. I think it's I just amazing. bought it for the cover. It was like, I'm going to put that on display. <laughs> um. But yeah, did, so you just heard about the raspberry cool incident then? 
Yeah, I just heard about so it. So what happened again? They kind of just all were chanting some bullshit. They were just being fucking loud. masses in a mall. And then these fucking white trash cops came over and they were being dumbass white trash cops. Yeah. And then I think Tim swung on one of them and then oh. they all got arrested. So Dave got arrested too? Or was he there? I think Dave and Kyle, I think, were the only ones who didn't get arrested. Okay. I, if I'm remembering correctly. That's funny. And I think everybody else got arrested. So, and, so Chris. Yeah. That's funny. But I remember, I remember Tim, like, I think Tim swung on one. Yeah, that doesn't help. No. <laughs> Tim had a book. Now he's about to be a doctor, so. Yeah, that's funny. In case you haven't got vaccinated, he'll fuck you up. Yeah. Are you vaxxed? Of course. Did you get boosted yet? I did. I'm still not 100% sure it was necessary. But yeah, I'm see, I haven't gotten that yet. I don't yeah, know. I'm done judging. I do what my doctors tell me to do. Yeah. Uh, but my doctors have led me in the wrong direction before. Yeah, yeah. So I... I more and more am understanding people that are apprehensive. I mean, I'm not, I do think it's really interesting that the extreme left this is where I get canceled. Extreme left <laughs> perspective of big pharma pre COVID was like, fuck Purdue. Fuck, yeah. Like they fucking created the opioid crisis. Like fuck them. They, they fucking lied about it being addictive and like all this shit. And now it's like, if you don't do, if you don't do exactly as big pharma says, like you're a fucking yeah. psycho. I'm vaxxed, I'm boosted, but I do think that's ironic. Yeah, for sure. Dude, literally tomorrow is the day that we can wear, we don't have to wear masks inside. Not, not true. Not true. That's the California. But, oh, okay. But, Somebody did say that to me like yesterday. LA says, no, we're going to keep them. So what's happening? I'm, I'm confused. It's classic American government, right? Where you have- So like, other parts like, of is California. Is weed legal? Yeah. Well, it's illegal by federal's law but it's legal by state law okay so now you're going one step lower so now mask indoors you don't need to by state law I but see. by county law the county commissioner i forget her name the asian woman yeah <clears throat> she's saying no we're keeping it. everyone's blaming garcetti but it's what the, the county commissioner <clears throat> so if you're in la or la county you have to wear a mask inside so now it's up to the cities within los angeles county no way to say no we're not going to do that <sighs> So what about, so Orange County is obviously different. A different County. Yeah. So in Orange County, too, the same situation has been going against the state mandate this whole time, which is why you can go to Orange yeah, County yeah. and not wear it because the county is not yeah. enforcing state law. Yeah. Damn, I was pumped. Well, I, I think, <sighs> it, I'm just so sick of this shit. I just don't I personally see it as any of my business, what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I don't really give a shit if you're wearing a shirt. Yeah. For shoes. Yeah. Like, like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so like a mask. I don't know, man. I don't think the mask does much. I, I got COVID twice already. No, I, you know, I think it does. It does minimally, but it like, does, but I think it does stuff for like colds and flus. I don't think it same, does much yeah. for COVID. I mean, I've had COVID. I'm boosted. I'm vaxxed. Yeah. I'm covered in strangers' hair all day. Yeah. I used to get sick like once a tax quarter, and I haven't been sick in two years. Oh, nice. Been wearing the mask. So I think it does something, but I'm still not sure that's the best thing. Because if no one gets a cold yeah. or a flu for yeah. 10 years, now that's going to fucking take you out when you're an old asshole. You're right. Yeah, it's going to um, be a lot worse. So I don't know. I just think everybody needs to stop their judging of everybody. And yeah, what I'm sick of is everybody having I'm, a stance or something. Well, yeah, but also, it's, and I fell victim of this too, but 
this logic that I, I being someone holding on to this logic, I somehow have this uniquely lucid view of COVID. And if everyone were doing exactly what I'm doing, yeah. we wouldn't be in this situation. And the reason we're in this situation is because everybody doing what I'm not doing. Mm. And fucking Omicron has proven that logic to be completely moot. Because yeah. if you're, you're wearing a mask, you're vaccinated, you're boosted, you just caught COVID and you gave it to your fucking mom. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like now what? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so I'm just sick of it, dude. And yeah. everyone who's maintaining that like level of like serious paranoia, you all guys, all of you make a full living sitting in your living room. You're not fucking covered exactly. in strangers hair to make your living. So yeah. it's a different situation. I, people like me have to come to a different understanding of COVID just to feel comfortable yeah. being at work. And I think a lot of people don't give credit. Uh, like that mm -hmm. they don't think like oh shit like you actually have to go be around people yeah to make your living um no i literally know people that haven't haven't left since covid started yeah i know people who haven't gone to the grocery store that's i know people crazy. who haven't eaten indoors yet and that's fine yeah but you're sitting in my barber chair like i didn't like i'm not covered in fucking strangers hair like i haven't been here for two years yeah. getting sneezed on by four-year-olds yeah yeah like i don't know i just don't like that to be able to have not eaten indoors and not gone to a grocery store all that means is you've paid somebody on the poverty line to go to the grocery store on your behalf and assume yeah. that risk on your behalf yeah so i don't really think that <laughs> makes you better <laughs> i think funny. that makes you privileged yeah That's some of great. us can't afford that yeah <laughs> dude i i mean you you've driven probably for uber and like you said so you've, yeah, you've yeah, been through that I, I, I was driven driving for lyft before uber was even in la oh really yeah any crazy experiences with that yeah i can't remember nobody like puking in your car or anything? yeah i had a few though oh man a few people puking Ugh. i couldn't do that see i do uber eats sometimes just to like put gas in my tank but i would never like have anybody in my car there's no way yeah we're I'm just so desperate for money back then yeah you just do anything for money no for sure what was it like getting to play warp tour that was fun it was a good one i mean it's kind of like living in groundhog's day you fucking like yeah you just like wake up and you have the exact same agenda you get mm. out of this bus that's the same and you're in this like fucking field and you don't know yeah. where anything is so you gotta like go find where the water is you gotta go find where the showers are where your stage is where your merch is and then you what even what time you play changes every day and then you figure all that shit out you execute the day then you fucking party yeah you get out of the bus and then you wake up and you're <laughs> in this fucking new parking lot you don't yeah. know this fucking maddening with the times like constantly changing, do you guys prefer playing earlier in the day or later? Earlier, just because I, I just I smoked a fucking inordinate amount of weed back then. Yeah. So I could at least like hold off my heavy smoking. Just did like enough. a fat rail on the concrete. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of blow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. How big of a joke was that truth truck? Oh fuck them! Yeah, I mean, if you really want to talk to him. Truth is a fucking total sham. That's yeah. fucking up everybody. Yeah. That's you know how that whole thing works, right? How that's yeah. the federal government demanding that tobacco companies like invest X amount of money into like anti-smoking yeah. like material. So that's what truth is. And mm -hmm. so they just like turn it into like a lifestyle brand. And then yeah. And most people that worked for them actually smoked. <laughs> Yeah, they just, it was just, just it fake. was a joke. It was just, yeah. there, it was there, it was like, it had no 
purpose. It was like it only hemorrhaged money by definition. Yeah. Like it didn't have to make money. It didn't have to do anything. It just was there. It was just this like glob. Yeah. And just as long as someone was like, don't smoke, it like existed. And yeah. Yeah. We caught the dude like making like, like fat shaming people. Yeah. And like, we heard him say the F word and we, yeah. I think Tim put him up against the truck. Oh, nice. And then basically almost beat the shit out of dude. And then we almost got kicked off warp tour by Kevin Lyman. And we're like, you're going to yeah. kick us off warp tour because the truth truck, like, like called the kid the F. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say the F word, but you know. Yeah. And we was beat. Like, he's like, how's that going to work out for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be that worse. And then that was the end. <laughs> No, but your merch guy like tweeted something and then they kind of like started talking shit or something. Yeah, it got bad. It's crazy. Um, do you have any other other crazy or funny tour stories? Yeah, I can't organically. I'd have to like, yeah, I'd have to like, yeah, you have to extract them. Yeah. What about Newfound Glory? Anything with them? Good people. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm going to be honest, as much as I love the band name Fireworks, you guys have one of the undeniably worst searchable band names out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be looking up your name and all I see is like fireworks displays. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Uh, only if I put like fireworks band, does that change things? Was, was there ever like some regret when this reality was realized? Absolutely. I mean, there was a time where actually we got to pretty much the top of like the Google search thing <laughs> where like if you searched fireworks we at least come up in like the first page yeah yeah and then katie perry's dropped that song firework oh and she booted you completely yeah. fucking buried us and then oh, man. Mean, there's no coming back after that so it literally changed the way i even thought about naming anything yeah um thanks a lot katie go- perry go- yeah so for all you young musicians man if you're trying to name a band google ability is hands down the most important thing yeah damn i remember when katie perry was on warped i was there that year 2008 and she used to like stage dive. She's cool, man. <laughs> she was pretty cool then. <laughs> but she's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, pretty amazing to see any any warp tour band or anything like just get that big. Um, but I noticed somebody uploaded your demo to YouTube just three weeks ago, the fireworks demo. No shit. Yeah. I'm so. sure it's got all of eleven plays. Yeah, yeah. It's got like hardly any any <laughs> listens. Um, yeah, but it's a pretty listen to it. it's pretty epic early material if anybody wants to go check that out. Yeah. Proggy Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Proggy. Um, so do you ever go back and listen to your own music or do you consider that kind of a whack thing to do? Uh yeah, there is no masturbation like listening to your own music. Yeah. It is anyone who records music that I know, we all talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but I, I obsessively listen to like what I've just recorded. So right now I, I listen to yeah. super gloom like every other day. Nice. Um, I think there's a weird thing too, for me, where there's this excitement of it and I need the shine to kind of wear off mm-hmm. of it before I can start actually picking it apart and yeah. like learning. let it go. Yeah. So I have to like listen to it enough times for me to like get over it. Yeah. Um, and the, the better i think it is the longer that fucking takes uh but yeah so like in a weird way i think there's like this weird catharsis to it where i'm trying to like listen to it to like get it get so over it that i can be like i should have done that shouldn't have done that that's fucking dumb and then the next time i record i'm going in with new uh a new standard for myself Mm -hmm. but yeah and then there's yeah with fireworks it's it's different because it's been so long Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's nice to go back. 
and impress yourself. You're like, I was a fucking yeah, you're a rock star. I was just good at guitar. I was yeah. a better guitar back then than I was now. Really? Yeah, you lose it, man. You lose your chops. I mean, I I play differently now. Like I was always mm. having to, you know, Dave wrote a lot of those riffs. So I was always yeah, playing yeah. like being being elevated in my playing, mm-hmm. and then I would elaborate on top and then make it kind of my own. So if he wrote it, did he just like send you tabs kind of thing? No, I mean we would. Dave, I've never met anyone that has a relationship to music like Dave. He's yeah. There's no delay between what he hears in his brain and what he's playing. Yeah. But he's he'll sit there and rewrite the same riff. Just like he'll never play the same thing. Well, no offense, Dave, but not always make it better. He's constantly elaborating because he's like so hyper creative that yeah. he never he doesn't. Like ho- the honing stage doesn't come as naturally to him. Yeah. So he'll just stay in this creative state where he's constantly elaborating. Yeah. Um, and that you know elaboration doesn't equal betterment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. can, you can pick something apart. To, so a, th- a lot of times that was like me and Chris's job was just kind of hone his like crazy you know <laughs> brain man. Yeah. Um, but it challenged me. Like I became such a better guitar player from playing with him yeah for sure um well I was, yeah, yeah he's an unbelievable guitar player so i always end this on a bullshit speed round i ask a lot of bullshit questions and you give me your best answer all right so what's your favorite fireworks song oh uh, arrows really I got my solo dude yeah that's true uh craziest thing you've witnessed while living in los angeles <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh fuck I'm looking for the crazy stuff. I know, but all I'm thinking about is like homeless people's assholes while <laughs> turds are coming out of them. You know, my brain goes straight there, but there's uh, so much weirder shit. Yeah, I just saw that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I see like homeless assholes all the time, like once a week, man. <laughs> Even in Redondo? Uh, it seems like that's yeah, a nice no, not in Dondo, not in Dondo. You get pulled over for having like a fucking dirty shirt, <laughs> Dondo, but I work in Westchester, so we're chasing <laughs> schizophrenics out with fucking tasers like every week, man. It's, so funny. it's crazy. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Uh, strawberry. Uh, favorite fireworks record? Gospel. Ah, bonfires. Ooh, yeah, I, I guess it's not a record, it's an EP. But... That's one of my favorite EPs, too. Yeah, super good. Uh, the greatest food of all time. Sushi. Really? Or just like like demographic of food or like just food, your f- food. Yeah, food, food. Uni. Uni. Sea urchin. Oh. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment. <laughs> Dude. I don't know. Probably something I said on this podcast. Yeah, probably this podcast. Yeah. Like when I get inevitably <laughs> canceled for being an anti-vaxxer who's vaccinated. <laughs> um, best place to get pizza in Detroit buddies buddies okay yeah the original favorite movie favorite movie pulp fiction hell yeah most fish you caught in a single fishing trip <laughs> trying to get me arrested dog yeah <laughs> shit man you don't have to say where it was uh fuck at least a hundred holy uh, shit probably open cuda bite yeah you're looking like yeah 100 150 cuda <laughs> Is that just like a huge gnat catching them? Or? No. It's fucking, just, yeah. Hook and line, dude. Amazing. Wow. Barracuda are nuts. And Bonita. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> the greatest show you ever played. Mm. 
we played a newfound glory show mm-hmm. in australia the first time we were there there was like three thousand people indoors and it was like you know, it was yeah like, when they first brought you out oh, right? it was the coolest thing i've ever done i think in my life yeah um what's the last item you threw at somebody <laughs> threw at somebody yeah I don't know, it's probably Kyle. You gotta call him. Really? I throw shit at him a lot. We actually asked him the same question. I can't remember what he said though. Did he bring me up? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. You probably threw like a comb at somebody. Yeah, I've thrown some shit at people, man. I'd like 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 my own shit. Anything, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was my own shit. Yeah. Like a monkey. And speaking of, favorite quality of Kyle O'Neill. <laughs> favorite. Uh he is he has the he is as loyal as a golden retriever. It yeah. does not matter how shitty <laughs> or dark or jaded of a human you become, Kyle will always be there. Yeah, he's got that spunk. If you if you if you enter family status with Kyle, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I I have entered a lot of dark places in my life, and Kyle's always been there to fish me out. So yeah. Best board game. Best board game? Board yeah. games are for losers, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fuck board games. <laughs> Shoes and ladders. Okay. No, Candyman. Candyman? Or Candyland. Candyland. Oh. Candyland. Yeah, I did. Let's play Candyland. <laughs> Had you ever gotten detention in high school? And what for? Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Getting in fights that I lost. Uh, getting arrested for fucking weed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> What's something you're best at that no one can beat you in? <laughs> Uh, table shuffleboard. Ooh, I love that. Like at bars and stuff. Yeah. Ooh. That is my, that is like the only bar game I'm good at. I love playing that. We actually have that in Burbank here. Uh, guilty pleasure artist. Artist as like musician. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Katy Perry. She's up there, man. No joke. Really? Friday. Holy shit. Oh God, let's go Katy Perry. Oh yeah. That's easy out. <laughs> Some of your most enjoyed hobbies. Fishing, fishing, guitar, spear fishing, <laughs> cutting hair. That's, it, dude. That's all I do, dude. It's like kill fish, eat fish, oh, cooking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fish. I was going to say, you're good at cooking. I cook fish. Yeah. I cut hair and I play guitar and I write songs. Are you good at cooking like steak? Yeah. Stupid good. Hell yeah. I can't go to steakhouses unless they like, they if don't I don't compare. spend like 150 bucks on a steak, I like, like yeah, I just tweak out. Uh, the last time you puked and what caused it? Oh fuck! Uh, COVID. <laughs> really? No, nah, COVID. COVID was nothing. I was gonna say, uh, dude, booze. Booze makes me puke. Yeah. I have a fucking. I have a horrible relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Just gotta know your limit. Yeah. Favorite place to get food on tour? Mm, Taco Bell, dude. Really? Yeah, dirty. Biggest regret? <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> You're like, you don't you want, don't want to know. <laughs> oh, probably uh probably being so self-involved that i couldn't uh be more involved in fireworks i was very selfish back then yeah. i still am but mm-hmm. i'm more aware of it now mm-hmm. so i think I, I like alienated myself out of that band <laughs> creatively <laughs> what's a nickname you've gone by at one point in your life bj baby whoa yeah. why, why is that it's my initial oh okay and blowjobs kind of funny <laughs> that's what i was thinking about it yeah. <laughs> what are you most proud of most proud of i just i don't know man <laughs> i'm not a very proud person man. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah music i guess yeah 
I don't know. I think if you're too proud, you don't fucking progress. That's so why I That's think true. like the most damaged people are the best at everything because they fucking. Yeah, no, I see it. that. Yeah. If you think you nailed it, it's fucking influencers it's over for you. <laughs> if you ever walk away like fuck yeah, nailed it, like you, yeah, that means you've stopped progressing. Yeah. Here see those like social media influencers that walk around and they're oh, just like dude, filming I, themselves. I can't take it. That's like I as proud as you can it. be. I can't take it. <laughs> Hate it, man. So where can your fans find you? I don't have fans, but if anyone's curious, super gloom. Yes. Like super bloom, who with a G, uh, be up in a couple weeks on Spotify, right there next to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And in uh gonna take up uh, Neil Young's voice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anywhere you stream music, man. Are you gonna play any shows in LA? You think soon? Yeah, probably. Uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy, uh, Luke Pelletier, mm-hmm. he does uh, that back in the garage thing. He's a really, really talented artist. But he's he's starting to do a, a show of all the, with all the people that have been down the back in the garage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably do some shit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got some people that want to play with me, but uh. I don't know. If uh, they all have patience, yeah, sounds good. To deal with me, yeah, you're probably gonna hate it anyway because you don't like playing. I'm a fucking control freak. Dude. You're gonna be like, ah, I'm a control freak, <laughs> and, I, and I get down on myself, and then I take it out on the people that are closest <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, I see you at Kyle's comedy show on the twentieth. He didn't invite me to shit. Yeah, he's doing a comedy show. I'm like, I gotta see that. The twentieth of February. Yeah. What day of the week is that? Like a Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I'll be there. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Hell yeah! Wait, well, is that this Sunday? Is it? Oh yeah, it's like a week from now. Shit. No, I'll be in Detroit. Really? What are you doing there? I'll visit the fam. Chilling. Gotta go wipe ass, man. Nice. Is it easy to get out of your job for like a little bit? They cool with that? Yeah, I mean, I could, I can basically do whatever I want, but I, I don't. I'm a workaholic. I need Mm. to be busy, otherwise, I just fucking go nuts. Drink myself into a stupor. Yeah, that's smart. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. This is fucking awesome. Looking Pleasure, forward man. to more super gloom and can't wait to see what people, how people react to that. Cool, man. Thanks for awesome. having me, dude. Yeah, this is fun. Appreciate you. Hell yeah. Well, till next time. I will be talking to you. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, you're going to be cutting my hair. <laughs> Hopefully in like a couple weeks. Well, not, not this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get back. <laughs>
can't 